our school Walking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we bring you news, sometimes we make you laugh, most times we go deep. I'm Cosmo Mom 9 Rachel B, and with me is Blazy Gardner, and we're bringing you another interview with Jared himself, Josh Michael. Woo! <sighs> Yay! Yay. <laughs> how are you doing today? Taking it easy, Harry. Oh, thank you for having me. Did you have a nice holiday? Easy, yeah. I ate two plates. I didn't get any fights. It was a win. Whoa, wait. You didn't get any Thanksgiving fights? No, no Thanksgiving fights. We it was a, it was easy peasy. How about y'all? Yeah, yeah it was a great um, holiday. No fights no, over here either. No fights. No. Two hands no, of a turkey and uh, tore it apart. Uh, it was a good day. Yeah. I went to my brothers, got a plate of food, ate and left. Perfect. Bye. Oh, easy. <laughs> wow. That's how you do it. That's <laughs> so what have you missed the most about being mm. on The Walking Dead? The consistent work was great. Uh, and, and also being on a show that so many people love and, uh, and watch religiously, that was really cool, especially to have that thing carry on over a summer. Cause I, I did season si seven, a couple episodes and then knew, you know, I didn't die. And we kind of had an idea that we would, we would be back. So spent the whole summer, that whole summer, just feeling pretty solid in between when they started filming again, the folks that, that work on the show are so cool. I made a lot of amazing friends, a lot of which I'm still close with. And I, I always say, if you can last longer than two seasons crewing for Walking Dead, you're a saint because it's, it's really, um, it's really vigorous down there. There's a lot, but it, it was just such a fun, a fun universe to be a part of. And I'm, yeah, I was super fortunate to do it. I've heard it can be quite challenging. I mean, between the heat, the physical activity that's expected. At the time we were shooting, Game of Thrones was really big. There was a lot of folks that were doing these kind of unfair comparisons <laughs> of Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, where Game of Thrones, you know, they'll take months to shoot an episode. Walking hmm. Dead takes eight days per episode. And then I think it was like 10 or 11 for the, the mid-season finale and finale. The amount of content that they're creating and then to, you know, make action uh, a part of that and make it exciting um, in such a short amount of time. I mean, it, it's a grind. Yeah, those crews are bonkers. And on a far more limited budget than Game of Thrones, oh, apparently. Yeah. Totally. Definitely. Especially as the seasons grew. Totally. Is there a specific moment, a memory that you'll always carry with you from set? I mean, there's a lot. My, my first day was awesome. Even in the audition up to getting on the show, every audition I submitted, they kept kind of growing in kind of how important the characters seemed to be or whatever. And so when I got Jared, I, I mentioned it before, I think it was my 16th or 17th audition for the show. And I started auditioning in right. season three. That was really cool to finally get it and finally land it. And then to get on the show and our first day, a lot of the kingdom was all being established together. I, not only was I having my first day, but there was seven or eight other actors. Kari Payton, who plays Ezekiel. Cooper Andrews, who plays Jerry. Right. Carrie Cahill, who plays Diane. Ben, all the Kingdom folks. Richard. Jason Warner-Smith, who play, played Gavin. We were all getting established mm -hmm. the same day, and the only person that was a regular in our scenes, those early scenes, uh, was Lenny James. And that was really cool, too, because he's such a rad dude and so easy on set. The anxieties I think that a lot of folks probably feel going into a show like Walking Dead and having some of their scenes with the regulars, we had a different vibe. We, it was a lot more freedom and it was just really lovely days on set. I shot my death episode and I thought that was my last day. 
Um, and that was amazing <laughs> too. To get a death as cool as mine on a show like Walking Dead, because some people die off screen, you know, and some people died in an instant and don't have a cool, you know, as cool of a, you know, drawn out death. By the time I died, people wanted to see me die, so they they relished that. <laughs> so, uh, it was it was really cool. That was an amazing thing. And then we were doing EPK stuff, and it was kind of it was two days of shooting that that episode for me. My stuff in that episode, mine and, and you know Andy was was there as my first scene with Andy, and then to have it happen at Morgan's hands, who I I had antagonized the whole time, it was just rad. And then you know I cried my eyes out to the behind the scenes folks and got the heck out of there, thinking I was leaving the show forever. And then they called me back a couple of weeks later and were like, "Hey, do you want to come back? They're asking for your availability for the final episode of the season." And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm, I'm free as I've ever been. Got to haunt Lenny again and kind of have a scene with, you know, Norman and Alana and a, a bunch of folks that I hadn't really interacted. I didn't interact with them because I was a ghost haunting Morgan at the time, but I was on set the same day as everybody. A lot of these characters that I hadn't really been in a scene with, which was really cool. Yeah, so, so you got to see him and hang out. Yeah. Morgan was the one that, that took Jared out. If it hadn't have been Morgan, who would you have wanted to yeah. take Jared out. I'd always said I either wanted it to be Shiva, and that, of course, couldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But I always, always thought it would be rad to be cut in half. And I think a savior or somebody got cut in half by Jerry's axe. Jerry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I kind of wanted that sort of, you know, the straight down the center, body peels open, <laughs> behind me kind of thing. Got um, sliding out from the halves. That was Gunther, I think, yeah. right? Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Just yeah. flexing right now. Nice work. I remember Gunther. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I think it just made so much sense that it was at Morgan's hands. I I don't think it really should have been anybody else. Yeah. Circle completed, yeah. Circle completed. <laughs> Since we did, unfortunately, lose Jared, you know, like I told you before, he's a character that we all loved to hate. So if he had stuck around, do you think he eventually would have changed his ways and joined the good guys? Because I had Scott Gimple's email pretty early on. It was one of the first roles where I was able to ask the showrunner questions about the character because the character mattered enough that I had that avenue of communication. And so I did. I asked him at one point, like, hey, should I should I leave any kind of ambiguity as to this guy maybe could turn and be a decent person? That never happened. That I never, he was like, no, there's no, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a horrible person through and through um, and just play him that way. And, and so I, that's how it went. But I, I really hoped for some redemption arc and uh, that just never happened. I, I would have killed for one. Uh, Cause I, you know, it's, it, especially in, season eight as every episode would come out and i'd see that i didn't die and as we're, you're getting closer to the finale it's like oh god i may make it to season nine like oh and then <laughs> eight, eight fourteen or whatever is that's that's when that's when he bit the bit the dust you mentioned that uh, of course a lot of people were happy to see him go what are some of the craziest names you've heard jared called i started doing this thing shitty jared on twitter I, and I was doing some, I, I, had, I, took, I taped some videos from uh, that when I was kind of in my, my honey wagon or, or my whatever, double banger, triple banger. Um, they, that's, that's like your trailer. Um, mm -hmm. The honey wagon is the small one, which is what I got in my first couple episodes. And then I think maybe the last episode, they moved me to a slightly larger trailer just because they, were, they knew they were going to kill me off and 
whatever. <laughs> like, it was, yeah, I definitely heard Shitty Jared a lot because I kind of started that. But then I, I would get Rat Face Prick because that's what, I called, or that's what Benjamin called me at one point. And one woman in particular at a, a Walker Stalker in Atlanta wouldn't approach my table. And so I, I went out of my way to chase her down and be like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a decent dude. Like, <laughs> character, but I, I, I appreciate that you had such feelings about the character, but that thing stays on set. You just did a good job at playing the character. That's right. And did chasing her make things way. better or worse? Things <laughs> <laughs> better. It made things better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, after after you know, I pushed her down and had my my team, my guys get on her. To, you know, a couple of times. Um, right. We got her. Restrain got her. her obviously. Got, yeah. Exactly. Took a couple uh, blows to the the gut, and then we started to win her back over with some, <laughs> some concessions. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen. Here's an autograph. It's so exactly. cool now. Yeah, thanks. thanks Get out of here. Yeah, exactly. Stand true to character. Right. Commit. Right. Exactly. Jared was a bad guy. He was supposed to be bad. But obviously, you are a sweetheart. So was it difficult for you to get into that character? How do you prepare yourself to be someone so completely different from yourself? A lot of folks have asked that, and I just started going to therapy recently, and I guess I'm trying to get to the bottom of that. I do have a lot of anger. I had very sweet grandparents and very sweet parents. And uh, yeah, so I, it didn't take a ton to get into. I, I mean, I had older brothers. So it's like the way I, I thought about it was just being a shitty older brother, but like in the apocalypse, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I tried to always keep in mind that he's a bit of a sociopath. It's always what Jared wanted supersedes any other thing. You know, his, his intentions, his desires are the top concern in Jared's world. There's no uh, empathy or altruism. I think that was kind of the idea, at least. So being Negan really worked for him. Taking other people's Great stuff and yeah, you know, I, what Jared I, wants, Jared gets, right? Exactly. I think he fit right <laughs> in. Well, I always played with the idea, too, that Negan was like Jared's second uncle or something because there's this guy is causing so much trouble and really pulling no weight at all. It's just like, what, what, what is this guy's utility? And I think there has, there had to have been some sort of familial connection or something. That's what, <laughs> that's what I went with. So being a, a former savior, I got to know, how do you feel about Negan's redemption arc? I, I, I think that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't caught up to, I'm on season nine, late in season nine. So I, I haven't okay. had a chance to watch everything. You will I, be surprised. Yeah, I I don't know. I have to watch and see how it's handled. But every time I see him buddy-buddy with anybody, I'm like, no, come on. That's a sin that is not, yeah, under rug swept. How do y'all feel about it? Oh, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I mean, um... I will say the finale kind of punched me in the feels a little bit. But up until then, I was an avid Negan despiser. I mean, I guess I binged it so fast I didn't really get the same animosity as you do towards Negan, but I'm enjoying his redemption arc. Everybody deserves a second chance. See, even well, even Jared deserved a second chance. I'm telling you. Given the fact that we started podcasting in, in season eight, which is great why we have you on the show. This is why what we do, what we do is kind of great. We kind of push each other and, and kind of test each other's beliefs out. And so I, my co-host at the time I was like, oh, Rick all the way. Yeah, like, let's just do it. And then she kind of opened my eyes on, like, how shitty Rick is and, and how, well, maybe Negan <laughs> under a different light 
might be different. You could look at him in a different way. Yeah. So my opinion was I was pushed in, into a middle path to see the show as gray as it's trying to be all the time. Yeah. So I can go either way, but I, uh, I have mostly enjoyed watching Jeffrey D. Morgan on screen. So it's just right, like exactly. the luxury of a Negan redemption arc is you get more of Jeffrey D. Morgan's Negan. People have always mm -hmm. loved seeing him. And I think that's awesome. And especially if Andy's gone, there's definitely some shoes to fill. And I think it's lovely that Negan's still around. We just wish he had some, you know, some of his guys with him. Right. Well, so, so he's got a spinoff coming. If Jared had survived until now, do you think he would want to go off with Negan in the spinoff? Or do you think he would want to spin off with somebody else? <laughs> I always kind of talked about Jared's choice to be a savior as like a ship goes down, you cling to the closest door or life raft to you. And I, I think that that was it. I think he would he would have stuck in that Savior's universe. The Whisperers would have been cool. The potentiality of, of him having gone elsewhere, that's a fun thing to consider. But I, there's also a little bit of bittersweetness to it. Because it's like, well, I didn't. He's dead. I don't, <laughs> I don't do a lot of living in that universe. It's like, wow, I wish we could have done this. It's like, well, no, they, they wrote it. He, got, he was a fulfilling death for, for the audiences. And I think people were excited to see him go. And it was time. He didn't deserve to live. He was such, I, I was really honestly, like every, every time I'd open an episode and he wasn't dead, I'd, I'd be like, holy shit, this is, bananas. Like he, there's no reason why this guy should still be alive. He, he should be way dead. He should be way dead. The writing could only support keeping me around for so much longer. And when you have Morgan and Rick tied up, things aren't going to end well for somebody. And it's, <laughs> It's probably, it's probably for the better that he's gone. They got enough writing to do for Negan and everything. I'm a really big fan of like the what if scenarios. And we talk a lot about finding the right people first. I wonder what kind of person Jared would have been if he had met Rick Grimes first before Negan. People have asked about his backstory a lot. And I always kind of said he was a, a trust fund kid. Some, you know, holier than thou, like got away with everything. I had uh, some friends growing up that were like really punk rock, but also their parents, like they could afford to be punk rock. It was like, <laughs> oh, you, you're, you're fighting against your upbringing. Like you, <laughs> you, you, you have a nice washer and dryer at your house and you're, there's a, there's a woman who comes to your house and does that for you. That is not your, a family member, <laughs> but you're, you're punk rock or whatever, like, like Christ almighty. Wash your clothes once in a while, um, but I think I think that's kind of him. I I think that's kind of who he was. Probably wouldn't have uh, fit in too well with with the Rick Grimes crew then, huh? Probably would have butted yeah, a think, lot of heads. You know, pulling yourself thinking... up by your bootstraps and you know not taking undeserved privilege. I, what do you, I think what do you mean? I gotta right... wash my own clothes. Yeah, exactly. I, th I think he fit in pretty well in in America these days. <laughs> Do you have a favorite character on the show that you just love to watch? Obviously, working with, with Lenny so much, I love seeing his stuff. When he went to Fear, I, I haven't caught much of that. But I really loved Daryl's stuff early on. The governor was so rad. I, I love villains. You know, I love anybody mm -hmm. that has a dark streak. So that stuff is always so cool to me. But yeah, I, I think you know, the governor was... Pick a favorite. I, and, and, you know, the people that I came up with that are still alive, actually... Everybody knows who dies. I'm kind of interested in who, who died in, in the finale. Can y'all tell me that? 
Oh, you want to know? You want to be spoiled? Yeah, I'm okay with that. It's kind of my job to know a little bit too, because I may eventually cross paths with these people and ask them like, "How?" (laughs) Should we tell you somebody that actually survives that you can't believe survived? Sure. That might be more shocking than who actually dies. Uh, Are we all thinking the same thing? Because you dealt with him a lot on the show, King Ezekiel makes it all the way to the end. He survives. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I was. How does that make you feel? <laughs> uh, that awesome. jerk. No, I, I think it's awesome. I, I love Kari, so if Kari uh, shows up in one of the spinoffs, I'm I'm amped. Does Jerry make it? Yes. 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 Okay, great. Jerry Which makes it. We were pretty worried about actually. So I yeah. Mean, there's something to watch yeah. there. But wasn't Alden Loose one three. of your friends? Wasn't Alden a friend in the same yeah, room? He, I knew he had died. He died earlier in the season, like episode yes. 10 or something. Yeah. In the 11th yeah, it was season. The middle, first... the middle of the 11th season. Yeah. Yeah, Callan. Yeah, yeah, great dude. Mm-hmm. He's fine. He'll find work. He's got plenty. He'll, he'll, he's going gonna... <laughs> to be a, a big old star. You know, that's the exciting part about this phase of the show coming to an end is everybody's going to branch out and you're going to get to see, like Denai, you got to see her, you know, spread her wings and mm-hmm. and really move on to some good stuff when she was off the show for, for that while. And I think that there's some really cool stuff ahead for Walking Dead fans who are going to follow these actors' careers. A lot of these folks have been, you know, locked up for 12 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's wild to think that to, mm-hmm. of doing the same thing for 12 right. years. That's when people were talking about, gosh, I wish Andy would have stuck around. Like, you, you fucking kill you kill zombies for twelve seasons on, or you know <laughs> ten seasons on TV and see how you feel about it. Like especially when you you know you're a good actor, you you want something else. I think it's amazing that he's coming back and has whatever the stuff they have planned for him. But for him to be, spend time with his family and whatever, I, it blows my mind. When and I think the people you see kind of stay like Mariska Harding. A or uh, I don't I can never pronounce her name. Me but, too. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Law and Order um, gal. I, the folks that stay oh, in the yeah. types of gigs, it's not the Walking Dead universe. You're not crawling through. You're right. Not crawling oh, through right. Right. And shit all we, day. we talk about the physicality of the show all the mm-hmm. time, about how you can't blame actors for leaving when they, it has to be an extraordinarily difficult show physically to work on. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I spent like 14 days on set and I was covered in dirt every time and I hadn't gotten old yet, but I could see that getting old pretty quick. You, you were just a uh, season and some change. So like for them, it's a lot. We spent like an extraordinary amount of time, probably too much, talking about like Norman Reedus' stamina, how he's continuing on to do his own spinoff. Yeah. And, and we were, you know, we're, we love these actors. We we were just kind of like, it's amazing that he, A, hasn't worried about just his physical stamina, but also, in a way, I admire, but also, you know, I get concerned about his uh, being typecast as, hey, you're the Daryl Dixon guy from mm-hmm. here on in. But that actually kind of brings us to you. I mean, you talk about Deny and Andy and Norman and, and all them, but like, I mean, it's not as if like we haven't seen you. Like, I personally have seen you in uh, The Righteous Gemstones mm-hmm. and Black Lightning uh, the Purge and, and Ozark, too. And we do this. We tell people where you're at, what, what you've been doing, and any other actor that's either left the show or continue to be on the show. What The question I have here, and it's an actual question, <laughs> obviously the landscape has changed during COVID in terms of picking up gigs and stuff like that. But what's the biggest thing that has changed in the, let's say, the acting audition slash casting process for you specifically uh, what's the biggest dynamics that, that's changed and has there been any positives as a result 
I think you're asking kind of exclusively about COVID, but I sort of yeah. also yeah, but but also you know after doing the show, the the weight that being on The Walking Dead in, yeah. in any sort of capacity gives to your resume. So many people are watching the show. So many creatives still watch the show, and that was an amazing boon for every audition I had after that. And it you know it gave me a lot of confidence because it's like well yeah I, I did something on a show that a lot of people watch and love and was able to carry that through, and I feel mostly proud of the work. So now I, you know, I feel confident in taking that to the next thing. After COVID, everything slowed down completely, and I didn't audition or work for, I don't know, I think it was close to nine months or so, which it did a, a lot of things. I've always kind of prided myself on being a multifaceted artist. I never wanted to be primarily just an actor. But I realized during COVID how much I had become just an actor. I, I had kind of let these other passions of mine fall to the wayside because acting was paying the bills and taking a lot of my time. And you get an audition and you have to learn those lines. You have to track somebody down a tape and you have to get that thing on tape and do it in a couple of days. And sometimes you get that a couple times a week. And it, it's a champagne problem to have. It's a lovely thing to be acting and getting auditions. But it's also hard to maintain any sort of schedule. So if you have other interests, it's it's tricky sometimes. And you really have to find those windows, those, those 15 minutes between something to do that thing that you also care about. So during COVID, I just realized how much my identity had be, become about acting. And I say it pretty often that there's nothing in the world less interesting than someone who is only an actor. Actors are exhausting. They're exhausting. <laughs> do you think sometimes actors fall out of touch as a result of only doing acting? I mean, it's out of touch with people in some senses because all they're working on is the craft or all they're working on is being some other person. So they don't have that yeah. fullness of, of character, let's say, as, a, as a human being. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and when you're not looking for growth with, within the craft, say you get on something and you can throw it on cruise control because you're a regular and on a show where you're not dying or whatever. I don't know when you're not being challenged. And I think that's the thing that I would be frustrated about. Say that where I can understand Andy would, I'm not saying he ever did this or, or any, but folks that would stick around for a while that they want to be challenged in a different way. I think one of the lovely things about being an actor is you get to explore all these different parts of who you are. And if you're honest with yourself, you could take that straight to therapy, man. <laughs> and that's a, a wonderful thing. But it can be tricky, I guess. Now, name names. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, I, you see it a lot in actors of my tier, you know, that are so hungry. Everything they post anywhere in social media is about acting and auditioning, reading lines and whatever. But I, I don't care. People don't care. I said one time, like, you know, posting about your auditions is like posting th that you bought a lottery ticket or something, you know, that you... Mm. you're you're bragging about an opportunity there's a lot of toxicity i think in the you know, there's a lot of reasons and a lot of ways that people kind of that make you feel small mm. say if you don't have an audition or you don't have you know that same opportunity and and all you're doing is sharing about the thing you got and how excited you are and there's a lot of us that aren't working a lot of times and you just have to have some grace, I think. I don't know. <laughs> right. And it's a lot like, you know, for many individuals who try to get back in shape, it's like, oh, gonna do that thing to start on my path to weight loss. And it's like, well, did I do it though? So there's yeah. a little bit of like, well, just keep it to yourself until it comes, until you start to see Til progress. Happens, Maybe. Right? 
Yeah, it's always, in the pudding. But it's always tricky for actors yeah. too, though, because on the one hand, there's your actor friends, the people that you've kind of grown up with, your family, but then there are yeah. the people who genuinely want to see you succeed, who do really love watching you get that audition, get that call back. I can see what you're saying and that it is a tricky thing to navigate because people are going to see you in different ways depending on who they are. So this is yeah, me empathizing I, with you. <laughs> oh, totally. If you're not paying for a service, you're the product. And so you're, you're encouraged to share that sort of stuff. And if people like that sort of stuff, then you share more of it. Meanwhile, the folks that aren't getting auditions and aren't feeling great about the, the choice they've made to go to theater school or quit their day job to pursue acting completely, they're suffering. It can be really messy. At least on my Instagram, I try and not, I celebrate stuff that I have when it, when it's in the, the can and mm -hmm. when people can see it. And then outside right. of that, I try and not really brag about being on set or whatever. Yeah. Hashtag but on set know. is the worst. You want to find some horrible people, search the hashtag I'm gonna on look set. look right now. And, oh, book, no. and hashtag booked and blessed. That's... Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, you get it, but... Just oh, no. Keep it's it just, to yourself. I, it's I fine. just can't imagine. <laughs> no time in history have people been like, Actors are well-adjusted individuals that I really want <laughs> like drive to be. The, the culture is all wrong. Yeah. Anyway, therapy well, we, is great, y'all. Therapy is great. Yeah, we know that you're more than just an actor. Yeah. Last year at camp in 2021, Sharon and I sat out on our balcony and we listened to your band play, and you guys were awesome. What Thanks. can you tell us about that? Well, uh, I, I'm not playing with those guys anymore. Things were getting a little too busy for me on once COVID, because it was kind of a COVID project. They kind of have a little bit more predictable schedules. And there was a string of shows that I had to back out of. And I and I just didn't feel like, like it was doing any good. And I think they wanted to, you know, pursue it a little bit more deeply. So unfortunately, not playing with those guys anymore, but still playing drums and still writing music. And good. Uh, I appreciate y'all yeah, being at that thing and seeing it. Good, that yeah. was fun. Absolutely mm -hmm. rocked. Totally. Music can be in itself a great form of therapy, especially oh. drumming, right? I mean, just <laughs> getting your <laughs> rage out on, on the on the skins, man. Great. That's got to feel great. It's a lot great. less rage-filled lately. <laughs> and more, I, Fred Armisen just did this bit where he's like, you know, t he talks about kind of aging through his, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and how his drumming style has changed. He did it on uh, Seth Meyers or something the other night. And it's really true. It's like... He, yeah, you start off and you want, I, like, I just wanted to play drums like Dave Grohl and hard and fast. <laughs> and then now I just want to get in the groove, you know, just, just chill, just, just take it easy. Like yeah. feeling the syncope. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a singer songwriter too. So when I started, um, guitar and vocals, it was just all about <laughs> hitting your guitar percussively. And yeah. then eventually it just became about feeling just the, the vibe of the audience and going with that and just harmony. And just when it works, it works. You could just sit back right. a little bit wait a little bit before you hit that next drum so yeah. i kind of get that myself just breathe yeah. you know you don't have yeah. to yeah yeah it'll be there for you <laughs> just, totally. just let yeah. it breathe jumping back to social media real quick we have a fan question <laughs> yeah yes. from fan art lindy on instagram she said i've seen some posts of yours about rebuilding cars what is your favorite classic car my dad had uh, he passed away in 2018 he spent a lot of time acquiring parts for a 1967 Mustang Fastback that he was going to do a GT350 conversion of Shelby mod to. And my mom was going to sling that thing because it was, you know, just taking up a lot of space in the basement in the backyard. It had been there since 
the early 90s, I think maybe even 89. I have a picture of myself in front of it. But my dad had never gotten around to actually starting to do the work. He had gotten the engine board or whatever. He had done some kind of preliminary stuff. So that's my favorite car, 1967 Fastback. I started redoing that thing, and I've gotten most of the metal work done. And I've been in my house now for since uh, January of 21. So about almost two years now. That's crazy. But I, so I basically <laughs> work on the car stopped when I got in the house and I started doing work on the house, which is, yeah, which I still have. <laughs> yeah. time. I still have so much to do, but I, I'm going to get to it. I got the hood on the, th you know, on the car. And the big thing I need to do soon is my soundproofing because it expires apparently. And I didn't know that it's like a $600 ceramic spray on coating that will go bad. And uh, I didn't know, I didn't, I wasn't too clear on that. So I, I have to do that soon. Um, but yeah, 67 Mustang Fastback Shelby clone. What color is it? W right now, it's um, it's a lot of different colors. <laughs> it's a little awful, right? Uh, it, was, it was rust. It was it was severely rusted. My, I did a really stupid thing as my dad's health was getting worse. I I was like I made an executive decision like I'm going to cover this thing up with a tarp unbeknownst to me that you, you don't do that to cars in the south because the moisture collects beneath them and uh it just made the rust worse i've kept my hour log and i've i don't know how where i'm at hour wise on it but i've spent so much time on the the metal work just getting it back to square and welding on new stuff and i'm and i'm almost there but also at a, a critical point where i'm trying to decide this is not what you're, what people no, want to hear. Good. <laughs> no, this is, no, I, I have a great follow-up People question. love watching these yeah, ideas. Yeah, I'm, I'm at a critical point where I, I, I'm trying to decide if I want to redo the quarter panels, which is uh, an undertaking, It whatever. It, it will eventually be uh, uh, like a hunter green with uh, gold racing stripes. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or at least, like I, I can't wait. Up until then, I'm driving a 2014 Ford Focus hatchback with a cracked window. But <laughs> one of these days, I'm gonna be cruising in style. Hey, like some people that. would say a 2014 Focus is pretty. Yeah, whatever. It's it terrible. Is a... I it's would terrible. Say. If anybody finds one of those, listen, power ship transmission is is garbage. I I, yes. I won a class action yeah. lawsuit against Ford. Thank you very much. Got three grand back, and the transmission is still garbage, people. So, yeah. <laughs> I had a whole discussion about that today. But actually, on the note of fixing up your car, I seem to remember a strong period of time where you had this character. Josh's garage. It was still Josh. Oh, just a garage. Oh, okay. yeah. But then I had a neighbor, Ricky. Ricky's okay. the neighbor. That's the shame is that, you know, that thing kind of came to a halt when this other work started. Then I started doing Kelly Williams when I was working on the house. Right. Have you, have you, right, have right. you seen Kelly Williams yet? Yeah, I, I have. It's funny because like, it was hard to keep track because like, there were so many different personalities. I'm like, wait, which one is the... And then, okay, that guy is the, yeah. okay, the house guy. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah. on, the, on that note, I wanted to thank you for... I, I don't know if you know how many people really glommed on to these characters throughout this entire <laughs> pandemic situation because I mean, Brianna Venskis did the same thing who played Beatrice on the show. We all have a lot to thank you for when it comes to these characters because uh, it really entertained us throughout. Just We kept podcasting throughout and making ourselves crazy and then we would just point to your <laughs> stuff and it was like, look at, th look at this. This is, uh, this is free and this yeah. guy's awesome. <laughs> that, exactly. I'm, I'm creating content for a platform that just wants to sling the ad. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, no, thank you. That thank, That's really so sweet to hear. I just wanted to have a little fun. On that same note, we had like a, a giveaway around maybe either before or during the start of the pandemic. I, I can't remember exactly when, but we had promoted something. And in it, we used some of your cameos because holy shit for those of you who don't know the cameos your cameos are so entertaining first of all do you still do them and second of all uh is it fun for you in a way because i seem to feel like you have a lot of fun with them and i'm just it was a blast i I was doing them yes i was doing them religiously before i got the house and then when i got into the place i kept letting so many of them slip to the wayside and i didn't check my cameo for a while and i just logged in the other day because I got an email saying something or other about them offering a 50%. I don't know. Something was going on. I, I, just got that I realized that I had let a number of requested cameos slip by. And then my whole page is gone. I don't even... <laughs> like all the ones that I had done that people could watch, those, that's <sighs> all gone. I don't know what... Um, oh, my gosh. So I, I got to figure it out. I'm three seasons dead on the show. And I get you, there's plenty of other cameos you can get that are cool. You know, spend your money in other cool places. I, I maybe, completely you know, disagree. I, I do, too. I do, One, too. I, I'll tell you yeah. why. One of the things that I really liked the most about your cameos is that it didn't have to be about Jared. You would I remember there was something about, like, the holidays. You were just connecting with people about the holidays and just uh, riffing yeah. comedically on this stuff. And I thought it doesn't have to be about Jared. It's just, you're just a fun and entertaining guy. And so I, I'm trying to get you more money is what I'm trying to say. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so get much. Back on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'll get back to it. it. It really, it was therapeutic though for me to, I tried to do as many interviews and different things during the pandemic. And I turned it into fundraisers a couple times for different causes that I cared about. And that was cool. It's a strange way to make money. <laughs> It's, it's it's nice. It's it's lovely that people care enough to want to get something like that from you. But like, if that platform wasn't around, I'd still want to do that sort of stuff for people who really enjoy talking to characters from the show and stuff. That's one thing about conventions too. I think people always feel the need to buy something if they're approaching a table. And I think you know some of the bigger stars will kind of stress with me kind of spreading this sort of information but you know it's that can get really costly and you i don't think that's really necessary all the time you just show up and say say you love the show introduce yourself well i'm down to chat i i I, i've been signing my name on shit for my entire life and only in the past (laughs) four years did people care about it you know i got it i think that's why we love your appearances at the camp the most or uh, you know other similar low-keyer conventions because it gives you the opportunity to just be you and uh yeah. it certainly shows now so thank you thanks yeah thank you yeah all right I mean, ladies, it's lovely. The, continue the, with the walking fan base is so cool they've loved the show for so long so i always feel like i i hopped on a wave that had swelled and was able to not cash in but i mean actually cash yeah i you know i, I mentioned it before it helped me pay off my college loans and the work that i got from walking dead and the work that you get from the weight it adds to your resume, like I said, and, and the jobs it may have gotten me because of people having seen my stuff on Walking Dead. It was such a cool thing, and it's and it's been such a cool thing. It's been such a fortunate thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, your, your, uh, shirt say, fuck, Jenna fucking, uh, <laughs> Jenna fucking Elfman. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I need, I need to do that. That's, Josh fucking Jared. fucking Jared. Exactly. <laughs> I should have done that. That's great. Talk about <laughs> cashing in. I mean, we can make That's... them for you. Well, oh, I, I my gosh. Think, I, 
Like I would wear style. that. I would wear that. I <laughs> would too. Yeah, I would. I'd wear the shit out of it. Uh, yep. All right, I'm on it, y'all. I'm on it. Let's Shitty. do it. Let's make it happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jenna, for the idea. Yeah, right. well, I think it was. Yeah, uh, goes back to uh, Lisa. Doesn't Lisa, it? Lisa shout yeah. out. I want to know before you left. Did you happen to swipe anything from set that you just had to keep for yourself? I wish I would have. Cause I, I keep hearing all these stories about people having taken shit, and I right. It's like it kills me. I didn't take. I took what I did take were some because we were using live rounds. So there's shell casings all over the floor for these quarter round bullets we were shooting so i picked up a couple of those anytime i was in a, a scene that had live rounds but outside of that no i didn't i didn't get shit i, I really <laughs> sucks. but i did one of the cool one of the amazing things is being a part of andy's last season he sent out a really cool rap gift this hand axe that i i have that is it was a really cool thing wow uh, and it's and it's Very got an engraving cool. on it and it's it was a really it really really sweet that he considered everybody he's that type of guy though the show's about found family and i just love hearing the stories about how the cast and the crew really are a family on set and just really become a family it just it just warms my heart to know what i want to be true is true you know <laughs> oh, <totally. laughs> you spend one day on set and you you go through so much there's so many strange dynamics and interesting conversations you have and wonderful people you meet it feels like a week it, you know it's like going to summer camp and being there and so you get really you do get really close and then your schedules are all the same so like you work a fratter day or whatever and those guys go home at 3 a.m on saturday morning and you know it's like what are we going to do tonight because we're <laughs> zombie people and you know we're, we're the only people you know like I, I, it just makes so much sense that you spend a lot of time together two two questions to follow up on uh if there was a thing that you would have wanted to take from set what might have it have been I mean, I would have loved take, to take one of Morgan's staffs. That would have been rad. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Actually, so Todd, that I was in the band with, he constructed the original Lucille. Oh, wow. And he has it. He has a couple <laughs> of them. Yeah, the hero ones. Which, yeah. The, yeah, the OGs, like the ones that they used on set because he's That's a prop awesome. master. Yeah, so um, it blows my mind. I'm like, dude, take this to a con, get people to throw on gloves, charge whatever 10 bucks to take a photo with it <laughs> and yeah. then you, you could whatever pocket 50 percent and give the rest to charity and that's a worthy thing to do you know i think a lot of folks yeah. want to take a picture with the actual lucille used in season six episode 16. Mm. oh absolutely yes. i mean right. you could do a whole booth photo shoots with the original lucille oh yeah that bat is no, a character cool itself he hasn't taken me up on it but i I think, you know, the one time he does it, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to be at the booth right next to him and just watching his giant ass line. <laughs> That's <laughs> my idea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This guy here. All right. What did I say? I said uh, 50% for you. 50% for yeah. Let's do, um, I don't know, 30, 20, 30, 30 for charity, 20 for me. Uh, yeah, you, right. need a, you need a cut of that. <laughs> It's almost unfair to compare, but at the same time, in what ways does being on The Walking Dead differ from being on set on other projects like like Ozark, Black Lightning, regardless of time? In what ways do they differ? It's tough. Just generally speaking. I think anytime you get a recurring role and you're able to come back a couple episodes and get to know the set and the crew, 
that's a real gift and that's a lot of fun. Walking Dead was cool because I knew going into it I'd always have some like material that I could really bite down on and, and make people hate me. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> I, I had my I mentioned it before I had my first day with Greg Nicotero directing the episode and I was like, hey man, is this am I going too hard? Like is this guy turning out to be too much of a dick? Like and he was like, no, no, no like make them way dickier or like whatever keep keep you know keep going for it and to have that sort of encouragement early on that was so rad you know my feeling of the character and then what i did what i was able to find on those first couple of days directed by greg that was really cool because you know it established jared and you know if there was ever any sort of worry about having not chosen the right thing or if anybody ever kind of questioned it, it was like well Greg Nicotero told me to do this. Like, <laughs> you don't have that sort of liberty a lot of times with characters. Well, and if Greg says so, yeah, then exactly. It's, then it's good. He's just as bad as Negan. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, Mom told me I could. Like, yeah, exactly. exactly. In terms of what what's to come for Josh Michael, is there a kind of role that you've always wanted to play? Because I, I I see how funny a guy you are, a warm, funny guy you are. And I, I often wonder, you got to see a lot of that in Righteous Gemstones. Do you prefer or gravitate to the roles that have more of a comedic element to it? Yeah, I love comedy is such a challenge. And so talking about Righteous Gemstones, I had been a fan of the McBride, Danny McBride universe and Jody Hill stuff for a while. And I think, you know, if you grow up in the South, your comedy is so shaped by that what those guys were doing to be on set and play a character as ridiculous as I was able to play. And then hear those guys laughing when I would finish a take and hear them. That was like, <laughs> I, I'm getting chills thinking about it now. That was like such a cool thing what you know, a bonus. to make, to make, Oh yeah. To make dudes that have made you laugh for so long laugh. Like that's just so cool. How rewarding. Uh, yeah. It was so rewarding. I've tried because I've got, you know, whenever I've gotten a haircut, I actually thought, <clears throat> I've tried, I, I tried floating this idea along for folks that haven't seen the show. I played this like goth raver with, and I had really long hair and like a sheer shirt and like just really ridiculous. Prop sort of awesome yeah. goth dance that we had a real choreographer for. It was uh, totally awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, you just answered one of my questions like that choreography because it was just so yeah. great. And, and everybody that was background too, we all, we were all learning that choreography together. And so a lot of those folks, the warmth on, on that set and, you know, it was just so much fun. So that was, yeah, that was special. I, I, I really do love to answer your question. I love, I do love comedy. I would love to wind up in more stuff like that. I, I love Coen Brothers stuff. I, I, I would want to do anything that the Coen Brothers have their name on. And then I would love to end up in a Western. I got close not too long ago and I think that would be just cool. I'm not a huge fan of Westerns or anything. I just, just it's just so Hollywood. I did a show <laughs> called Mayfair, which is recently, and that, that'll be out early January. But the experience I had on that set was really cool because it was one of those moments where it's like, this is kind of almost stereotypical Hollywood stuff. Like there was a big backlot set and big costumes and everybody's in costumes and animals and just fun, you know, and fire. And it just is cool. You know, you're playing make-believe. It's like, there's a reason why so many actors are just like Peter Pan boys. You know, they're, <laughs> like, I'm still, you just still get to play all day. It's amazing. 
when and the bigger the production, the, like the closer it is you feel to the imaginary, right? It, it kind of does the work for you in some senses, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. If there's, if there's one critique of my work on that show, I'm sure it'll, it'll be having done too much because the, the costumes and the set and the, everything is just so big and awesome. But we'll see. Also on AMC, Mayfair, which is, I think, if I'm not also mistaken. Also on AMC. Yep. Yeah. I smell a watch party in our future. <laughs> oh, please. Yeah. Yeah. Looking very much yeah. forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Any project that people are in, it's not just about The Walking Dead. It's it's the family that we've created from it, including the, the cast and, and crew even. We want to spread all that love around as much as we can. Yeah. I, heck yeah. Especially those who uh, spend time with us on the recordings. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, I mean, we're trying to be fair here. Yeah. <laughs> But on that yeah. note, um, aside from Mayfair Witches, what are some things that you would, you personally would like others to watch that you've done, and uh, sure. what projects uh, may you, mayhaps you have in the works? There's this creator, Ray McKinnon. He is a, a Georgia boy. Did a show called Rectify that I I got to show up in a couple episodes of that, and I think it's it's just a wonderful show. Jason Warner Smith is also in it. It's just a wonderful show. One of the better things I've been in. Righteous Gemstones, I think, is one of the better things I've been in. Game Night is a really fun movie. John Burnecker, who passed away on Walking Dead, was my stunt double in that. There's a big fight scene that I have, and it's John doing all of my stunts. The film itself is wonderful, and, and that's just a special piece for me. And then, yeah, so I did Mayfair Witches. I did a, a show called Damascus that my buddy Terrence wrote for AMC that <laughs> uh, hopefully will be out next year. I did a, sh a movie called They Clone Tyrone that will be on Netflix, I think, the 29th. I have a small bit, but it's fun. I did a movie called Brothers with Josh Brolin and uh, Peter Dinklage and Glenn Close that I, I have a little chunk in, and, and I think that'll be fun. Not sure when that's out. Did a movie called Renfield uh, that I have a dumb little bit in that I think will be cool. It's like I've, I've shot a bunch of stuff, and it's all on the can right now. It's just, <laughs> just, just waiting. I did. Oh, and then I did a show called Manhunt that'll be uh, Apple Plus. It's based on a book called Manhunt, oh, good. The 12-Day Search for Lincoln's Killer. Oh. And it's, a, oh, it's an awesome book for John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. yeah. Just woke up Charity. It's great. The <laughs> History. History got yeah. my attention. Oh, he's a big history buff. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. you're a big, big uh, history buff, yeah. Charity? Yeah. Charity. Charity, yeah. They got my attention. Yeah. I, I play a conspirator, John uh, Harrison Surratt. He's uh, an amazing shithead of history. This, <laughs> this guy's one of the conspirators in the Lincoln assassination. Escaped to Canada, joined a monastery up there, uh, was spotted, escaped to Europe, went to Manchester and then eventually joined the like papal order at the Va at Vatican City wow. was um, defending the Vatican from Italian aggression and then he got spotted there was on a boat leaving Egypt and got caught extradited back to the US when he got back to the US he faced trial for his part of the conspiracy to assassinate Lincoln and the statute of limitations on his crimes had expired he got off, ended up teaching at a women's college in Baltimore, and then uh, died a free man at the age of 76 with, well, with three daughters. Yeah. Over um, a period of how long? He wow. was young. I was cast, you know, maybe 10, 12 years his senior. Um, I'm 38, and I think he was yeah, 25 or something. Not a great dude, um, but he, he, uh, <laughs> one of the wild stories of, of that whole thing that I don't think a lot of folks know. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, somebody yeah. got off. The, it's the little spoiler things. alert. That's the little. 
It's the little parts of history that I find fascinating, the, the little individual stories that everybody doesn't know. Yeah. There's something cool about, or not cool, but interesting about that whole night, too, is it was a lot to kill not only Lincoln, but the secretary and the vice president. The guy who was supposed to kill the vice president drank too much and never made it up to the, the vice president's hotel room, drank too much at this hotel bar. And then another guy broke in and attacked Secretary Seward. And he, he was already bedridden from a falling out of a carriage and stabbed that guy multiple times. He he lived on. There's there's a lot of parallels between what could have happened on January mm -hmm. 6th and what happened back then. It's wild. Cycles. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's a crazy thing. You think like, oh, God, like how much more can we learn about Lincoln? And there's a lot like that mm -hmm. in that book oh, itself. Oh, Gosh, I wish I could remember the author. But. Yeah, Manhunt, the 12-day search for Lincoln's mm -hmm. killer, I think is the name of it. And, it's, and this is it's a series or a... It'll be a series, yeah. Okay. I think seven episodes. That's excellent. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right? With that in mind, it looks like there's a lot to digest from you uh, in the coming months, mm -hmm. which oh, is yeah. pretty exciting. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I, you know... Good content. It, just hope it's good. I, <laughs> so we'll, we'll Fingers see. crossed. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great. Know. It'll be yeah, great. I, Thank Wait, you. as long as you feel good about it, I, I guess that sort of that matters just as much as as its reception. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you feel good about it. I think that that counts for something. Yeah, absolutely. So. I can't control. That's why a lot of actors don't watch their stuff. They're like, well, I, I did work. I'm happy with what what happens in the editing room is out of my control. That's very true. That's very yeah. true. They can do whatever they want. with. Well, I love the sound of my voice. With the cat. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> actually, you know what? How about this? Do you, do you have any? <laughs> Do you, well, I, well, I, listen, I like Josh. I keep him on. But do you have any last words? We don't words? want to take up this whole night, though. Any, question. any last words? Yeah, any, any last, last words, words for anybody that... Uh, that sounds so scary. Just, no, thank you last all so rights, much for having uh, me. And, uh, <laughs> it's funny, I, I was telling some friends before this, like, yeah, I, somehow I'm, I'm still doing Walking Dead interviews, and I'm, <laughs> I've been dead for it's like four years now. Isn't it? So I, you know, it's really, it's nice that people still care and, and care about what I'm getting into. And, um, you know, I really appreciate the support and I wish y'all nothing but the best. I hope we cross paths again yes. at some point, maybe down at the camp or yes. somewhere. Oh, that'd yeah. be great. Well, that, just, that just goes to show you what, what kind of an impact your character had. I, that's you what, what I was going to say. I mean, it's been, yeah. like you said, it's been years and we're still, we're still talking about Jared. More than anything, I the impact that you personally, Josh, have had on, on the fans as well. You give Absolutely. so much of yourself, both online and in person, and it's recognized. And I oh, I, th I think w the more feedback we get from this interview about that, the more you'll find that that's actually true. So Thank you. Well, and it's that's, yeah. that's because really of Josh really that the character is relevant. Ah. You made that character what he was. This podcast is going to turn – we're going to do another hour of this. Where, <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Waiting my ego. No, thank you so much. That's so no, we just appreciate it. That's really yeah. – that's really what it comes yeah. down to. So thank I, you. I appreciate it too. Yeah, I, personally, I can't. I can't wait to see the next things that you're going to be in. We need Thank to um, get you back on cameo. We gotta. <laughs> we gotta do all this stuff. We gotta get yeah, we'll, get get your name and your face back out there. Yeah, we'll gotta, figure out a good a good yep, cause to, to do some cameos for. You know, we we, can, we might just have that cause. We might just have an idea. Josh, I can't thank you enough for sitting down and talking with us. This was absolutely incredible. Like I said, it's been years, but we love to hate Jared, and it was just such a pleasure to sit down and, and get to know Josh. And we Thank love you. to love you. Thank you, Rachel. Yes. Thank you, David. Yeah. Thank you, Sharon, Andy. Yeah. Appreciate it, Josh.